0: And we are live. Yes, we made it, we made it, we made it. Do the happy dance with me. You got a lot of technology. I'm sorry we are late, but you know, there always something happening, but we are here now and that's what really matters. And you, you are watching Creativity in Focus, a live video podcast where we highlight an artist and its art every single week. And today I have an amazing guest for you. But before we dive into the topic, a few announcements, okay? This is live for a reason. I want it to be interactive. So we really appreciate when you send questions or your comments to the artist. You have basically one way of doing that. Whatever you're watching, there is a chat box, either beside the video, below the video, or a comment box, for example, if you're watching on Facebook. That's the best place for you to leave your interactions and questions, and I'll be monitoring here, and I will ask to my guests. The other very cool thing is that you have the ability to share and get the word out about this podcast. We really appreciate if you do. The best way to do that is just share whatever you're watching in your favorite social media platform. And you can also open the video when you click the video and see it big, and you can give some hearts and likes and things like that, because that does impact how uh, platforms like Facebook show the video. So do that right now. I'm going to do the same. You know what? I'm going to share this with one of uh, the other pages that, uh, pages that we have here. So people more people can get to know, right? Because the more people, the more the artists get highlighted, their names get around, and it's all fun. Cool. Just did that. Hope you did that too. My guest today is Becky Smith. And she's a model maker, and she is in England, correct?
1: Oh, no, I am from England, but I currently reside in uh, uh, Quebec. Oh, Quebec. So I'm in, I'm in, <laughs> I'm in the French speaking part. It. But yes, I am, I am from England, um, but yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize that. They, they all think that I'm still in England, but no,
0: I'm over here in Canada. It's your own fault. It's because you on your Facebook post, you have several going to London today or something like that. That's why I assume. <laughs> you know, my sister, she just moved to Quebec, to Montreal, about two months ago. Yes, and she loves it. Okay. Becky. It's, it's, yeah, yeah it is. Uh, Before we, I start asking you some questions, I wanna show two of your pictures of your work so people can get familiar, even though I know, I see you have several of them in the back and we are all going to talk about all of them. But for the pictures that we show, talk to, uh, to us a little bit about how you created them, when you created them, is that okay? Let's see if you can see the picture. Just a second. <laughs> Almost there. Well, why we wait for that, how long ago did you get started sculpting models? Uh Uh-huh. how you got started that you you remember really well do you mind in a nutshell saying that again
1: oh no 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 that's okay um it was when i was about 13 years old and um we had a show in uh, it was an adaptation of the wind in the willows and it was by a wonderful amazing um animation company that we had in the uk uh called Cosgrove four and it was all stop motion puppets. Uh, I'm sure there's some people out there that, that will remember it. Um, if you are from England, you will know that David Jason, who's a very famous actor in our country, um, did the voice for Mr. Toad, and I completely fell in love. And from that moment on, um, my parents bought me plasticine, lots of plasticine, and I would just sit there playing with it because I, I just thought it was such a magical, wonderful thing, and I, I wanted to start creating my own. My own things, and um, that's really how I got the bug from there. And I remember it vividly. I remember it and driving my mum mad because I would just leave bits of plasticine everywhere I went. She always knew when Becky had been in the room;
0: there was plasticine. So that, that's that's cool. how I got started. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the, a bit about your sculpting process. Do you still use the plastiline as the main medium? No, no, not anymore. Um, uh, I still love using
1: plasticine, but the models that I create now, so say the ones that I have behind me, they are all um, one-off pieces. Um, they're not cast. I have done um, stuff that's been cast before, and I can talk about that a bit later. Um, but these particular ones are all in resin, so they are absolutely rock Hard. So plasticine obviously would be no good for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I can talk through a little bit, uh, if people are interested, the yes. actual process of how yes. I start going head. So the very, very first thing that I do is always, always start with the head. It's, it's always the first thing for me. Um, and here we go. I've got um, this here is uh, chicken wire. So it's a standard chicken wire that you would get from uh, any hardware, hardware mm-hmm. store. And you just sort of fashion, uh, you know, there, just a basic shape. Basic shape. Spherical basic shape. Um, uh, you might get a few sort of cut fingers and stuff that I always do. Can't do that. Then um, from that, I always coat everything in masking tape, standard masking tape, wrap the whole thing. Then I go from that to this. This I made earlier. Um to this, mm-hmm. now this is um, actually car body fiberglass. Uh, it's fantastic. It dries really, very, very solid, and it's got such um, such a good surface that the actual material I use adheres to it really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a great hard shape to sculpt on, so it makes a fantastic armature. Um, and then from that, I will start actually making the character. I will start sculpting the head. Um, I've said this lots and lots of people, and I, I I, don't know if other sculptors have the same thing, but I, I just, it starts to come to life once I start sculpting the head. The character will start almost talking to you in some ways and telling you about themselves. And from that, once I've actually done the head, by the time I finish that process, mm. um, I can start working on the body because I suddenly have a very, very clear idea about the character that he is. And this kind of, you know, very much dictates the stance of him, you know, what kind of personality you're giving across. So that's the process that I always go through. Head first, I sit and talk to the head, which may sound slightly odd, but, you know, there we go. And then from that, I will start to, the character will start to form for me. So, that, that's really the process that I go through.
0: That's very cool. And on average, how big are your sculptures? Do you have a, a size that you prefer?
1: Yes, yes, I do. Um, I started off making um, ones like this this size, so very dinky, tiny ones. Oh, it is? Uh, which I love, which I love, I love doing, I love doing, and you know, they're fantastic but the size that you see behind you, this is the size that I like like working with. Um, So this is probably the the rats just at the front here. That kind of size is is the size that I like to work with. I find that I can get such great detail um, in them and yeah, that's my perfect size. Um, You may well know uh, that I make bigger ones as well, larger ones. they sometimes can be too big, because um, I'm a, I'm a very small person, I'm not very big, so <laughs> trying trying to sort of manoeuvre these these figures, uh, the one I'm working on at the moment is actually a little taller than me, um, and he's okay when he's all in bits, but once you put them together, they're, they're
0: quite bulky, so mm-hmm. that kind of size
1: is a lot more manageable.
0: <laughs> Uh, we have here Beverly Oliver. She's saying hi from your friend from Edmonton, Canada. And hi, I agree? A- yeah. <laughs> and Nango is saying, I just got in, so I might have missed, but your characters come right from my my characters come right from my head. How do you think your characters?
1: Exactly the same, Beverly. Exactly the same. Um i think it's like any artist or any person really you know our, our imagination is so fertile we're constantly um you know with me it's it's books so i will i will read books particularly children's books i love children's books i love the illustrations um and it's just over time things will start to just pop into your head and Funnily enough, um, I had somebody contact me recently, and they wanted to get into sculpting. And they asked me what the process should be. Should I actually sit down and, you know, do some? It's sort of a, a very logical plan of what I'm going to do. Um, which, of course, is great. And I know people that do work like that. Personally, I don't. Personally, it is just comes. It just comes from the head, and you start sculpting. And as I say, when I'm sort of working on the head, that imagination really starts to sort of gear up and get going. Mm-hmm. And the, the the process goes on and on. And then suddenly, you know, you have this character. So I'm exactly the same as Beverly. I I used to think I was alone. I used to think I was so disorganized because <laughs> so many people seem to have this very, you know, methodical approach to it. Um, I'm not one of them. I'm not one of them. Um, I'd like to. I'd like to say that I were. I'd like to say you know yes, it's all very, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. And anybody, anybody that's involved in the kind of work that, that we do, you know, as, as sculptors,
0: model makers, painters, um, yes. nothing is straightforward. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, Mitzi is saying I talk to my sculpts all the time. Sometimes what I say isn't. Repeatable in polite company. So do you talk to your sculpts as well? All the time. All the time. They
1: um, you know, and, and this is the thing, you get to know them so well. And I think it's an important process. I think, especially if you're if you're sort of conjuring up something completely from your own imagination, it's really important. This is how you know, if you know that character inside out and you know that they know you because you're, you're kind of talking to each other, mm-hmm. um, this is when you can make it real. This is when the best compliment I ever get about my work is when somebody says, I'm expecting it to turn around and talk to me because, you know, to me it's like, I've, I've done what I intended to do, which mm-hmm. is, um, you know, make something from here real. Real. And you know, so I think it's very, I think it's very important to talk to your sculpts. I'm all for that, talking to your sculptures, talking to your work. So, mm-hmm. good for you. I'm exactly the same.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jerry Shiftley saying, "Cool, I'm watching," and I, I know you be, you belong to their amazing forum as well. Becky, talk to us a little bit about the characters you have behind you.
1: Okay, the characters I, I have behind me here, um, which you can probably see, the first one here at the front, uh, which people may have seen because I think it was the photograph you yes. used. Um, okay, this one is Ratius. Ratius um, is a mobile librarian. So uh, he's medieval, obviously. Uh, a lot of my work it does seem to be sort of, Uh, along that medieval yes I just love I love the costumes I love um I just love that dark that dark side and I think the medieval it really lends itself very well to that kind Mm -hmm. of slightly slightly dark creepy which I like (laughs) um so Ratius here is a mobile librarian he um He takes to the cobbled streets. Um, I don't, you you obviously can't see it. I can turn him around in a second. But he has got a a bookcase strapped to his back. Mm -hmm. So he takes all of these books and he goes out onto the streets and uh, he lends these books out to people because he's a massive fan of literature. Um, He's a very, very quiet rat, so he likes (laughs) to. He's a lot and he just wants to spread the good word about literature so this is what he does um, I don't know if you can see but he's a big fan of uh, jam sandwiches yes. um, or jelly, jelly sandwiches if, if you're in United States <laughs> um, and that keeps him happy so as long as he's got a jam sandwich um, he's got a, a long tassel at the back with a bell so uh, if you want a book and he's got his back turned you can ring the bell and
0: he'll come and serve you oh. with all of his
1: books
0: on his all of his books. On his book. <laughs> How tall
1: is he? Um, Ratius is, I think, he's about he's about forty inches mm-hmm. tall, maybe something more like that. More. So no, 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 he's not forty inches. I think he's about twenty-five inches. Sorry, I'm getting confused with another one. So he's about twenty-five. Twenty-five inches.
0: inches. And before you talk about the next character, uh, Becky's. Uh, uh, Yes, five eight five is asking, what are your favorite tools when you sculpt? Favorite tools? Ah, now this is a very, very interesting
1: question. And I was having this discussion, funnily enough, with a, a wonderful friend of mine who um, is also on the um, the, the shiftlet Brothers Sculpting Forum. And mm-hmm. We were having a conversation because, again, it was, you know, everybody has... These wonderful uh, tools that they use, which are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I use um, the only wire tool that I own is this one here. You see that? Uh huh. Okay. So, so it's a, a this, carver,
0: uh, uh, clay carver, right?
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. It's just a clay, it's just a standard clay carver that I use. Uh, the other thing that I use all the time is a paintbrush and that is to just um, keep everything smooth this is something i get asked this question a lot uh, from people who are interested in what i do how do you get the material smooth um, and the best way to do that is water and a paint so keep everything smooth you can also use vaseline which is excellent um, I actually heard someone once, it sounds awful, but they actually told me that they use their own saliva a lot. Oh. So oh. <laughs> that's 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 not my preferred method, I have to admit, you know, slobbering all over my my work is oh. not really something that interests me. So, you know, it's it's your choice. If you do decide to do that, I wouldn't advertise it, but there we go. So yes, they're the tools that I those are the tools that I use the most, and obviously my hands. My hands. That's going to be the most valuable tool that you have, undoubtedly. Yeah. Um, so, I, I would say that I, I know lots and lots of people. They have a fantastic tool collection, um, and I think I think it depends for what kind of sculpting you're doing. Um, I know. Uh, fantastic doll artists and you know the the stuff that they create just is phenomenal and it's such precise wonderful work that I think they would probably need more than you Mm. know these these two these two items but for me personally um that's what I that's what I tend to use most it's my hands mostly uh for little bits it's that for the carving um For the carving, yep, absolutely. And then um, a paintbrush. I also use, you know, lots of things around the house. Um, If you are, uh, you know, lucky enough to have a fantastic toolkit, then great. But um, I tend to just take things, you know, I can use pencils. I can use all kinds of things, you know, if I need to make holes or buttonholes. Mm -hmm. So um, just use your imagination, Matt. That's what I say. I just grab things you know that come to hand and and that works. Uh-huh. But um, if you if you really are interested in getting some sculpting tools, one of these is absolutely a must-have. Mm-hmm.
0: It's a fantastic tool to have. Uh, Summer Summer loves Disney is asking: Is the entire sculpture made with the auto compound, or do you use something else over it?
1: Um, it. The whole sculpture? No, it's just um, I, I'll get into what I actually use. I've got some um, I've got some samples here. So I went from once I've used the fiberglass, I then use this, which if you're a sculptor, you will know exactly what this is. This is the two-part resin putty, mm-hmm. and you're laughing because <laughs> so I'm guessing you know what this is too. It's lovely sticky stuff. And once you mix that together, um, you have a couple of hours working time, and then it it it, it goes like this. Mm-hmm. So it like rock, um, and then that's it. I might use um, a kind of sanding sponge, which I've only just discovered these. Would you believe I I I was completely new to the sanding sponge. <laughs> I, I I love them. Um, <laughs> But it's a fantastic. It's fantastic because you can sand it, and then after that, um, I just paint them. I use acrylic paints, and um, I I paint them all all by hand with acrylic paints. Mm-hmm. And that's then fantastic. that's that's it. That's it. So they're not designed to kind of uh, be outside. I've had
0: people ask that before. It would be completely different paints that I would I'd would need to use. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's talk about one of those characters out there. So, we met the librarian. Who else do we have there?
1: Ah, okay. Well, uh, in the far corner here, this, uh, this sort of lonely looking rabbit over here. Uh, this is Gilbert the rabbit. Mm-hmm. Now, Gilbert is, um, he, he wears his heart on his sleeve. Uh, he is um, a very, very broken hearted bunny rabbit. Uh, you know, he was he was scorned once by the love of his life. Um, he's never got over it, so now he spends his time um, uh, writing poetry. Writing poetry, uh, which he actually sells to people. So it, again, he'll go out to the streets. Um, he'll go out to the streets and sell his poetry to oh. um, people that need it. So if somebody's trying to woo someone, uh, Gilbert has gilbert has a poem for you so that's going to help you win win the love of your life um so that that's what he does so he's a very very lovely but quite a sad quite a sad character Aww. uh he 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 wants to make sure that everybody gets gets the love that he always feeling missed out on so that's that's his that's his loss in life, um, and we love him. More. Oh. So yes, that's guilt. That's Gilbert. Um, but again, as you can see, he's kind of got that kind of medieval feel about him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he was a, a fantastic one to sculpt. I really enjoyed making him a lot, um, because I think he just. I've always been fascinated by the kind of sad the. Um, Like I said, the very dark and sad, sad elements. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think think
0: that makes you characters. To that sadness. I, I, I see the medieval age also as an age with not too many answers, right? But what really attracts you to that time?
1: I think the look of it the look of it and I will let you into it to uh, how I came about it It was actually by a, a wonderful artist which everybody's heard of and that's Brian Froud Brian Froud um, it was such an inspiration for me um I have a I have a book here which um, I bought into the workroom just just for you. Um, this book here, Master Slick Up's Cloak. Now, this this book uh, is a bit battered, and mm-hmm. um, my, my dad bought this for me um, back in 1979, so I was two, two, <laughs> and um, the illustrations are all by Brian Froud, and um, it's about the, the Black Death. It's about the Black Death, mm. as we can see there. Yeah. But the illustrations just just it captured me it captured me and from then on I started to it just had this real dark beauty about it and um, I think you know, we're very lucky in Europe because you know, we, we can go to these medieval towns. Uh, we can go to places like Bruges. Bruges yes. is just a wonder. It's a wonder, for you you know, for that kind of architecture, you could feel it. And there's a romance about it as well. It has all the elements that just appeal to me. And at the same time, there's that, there's that real dark, you know, the everything that used to go on during the dark ages, you know, the horrors that used to mm-hmm. go on. Um, you know, I think it's just like a rich a rich tapestry that's bandied out a lot, but it is, it's a rich tapestry there for um imagination mm-hmm. for imagination. And I think that's what draws me to it. But I have to I have to nod my head to Brian Froud for um it's making me kind of go, Oh inspiring me, which which he does to this he does to this day. And I think most people that would look at my work um you know would they they can see that there's there's a flying crowd in there. That's fantastic. Um, so.
0: now we talked a little bit about the the, the the process that you use. Let's talk about the business side then. Who is your okay. market?
1: My market, um, for what I do, they're actually um, I do commissions for people. So um, mine just this is why I always make one of the pieces, because my work it's not everybody's cup of tea. Not mm. everybody likes what I do. Some people think it's really creepy. So it's a very specific area. Um, so business-wise, I have one-off customers. I have customers that will come to me, and they'll be, you know, something will just grab them, and they'll. It gets their imagination going, and they'll say to me, "Can you make me this kind of character?" Mm. Um, and this, these, these are the people that I sell to. Um, it's not, uh, you know, it's not big corporations. It's not big companies that I that I sell to. It's it's all individual people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I hate to use the word weirdos like me. You know, but <laughs> they like my work um, because you know they see something. This is something emotional. Something in mm-hmm. Absolutely. So so this is who I sell to. I sell to. Um, people that you know just just feel one of i also do a fair bit of work for um, illustrators illustrators come to me a fair bit to sort of say you know can you um, make make my character or do this me? so i do that too
0: mm-hmm. now those people that buy from you are they usually collectors
1: uh, no, they're they're not usually collectors. Um, they usually – it is just a one-off. It's usually because of the size of them, for a start. I think you know, if you were going to collect these, you'd have to have quite a lot of, <laughs> a lot a room, of space. Yes. <laughs> you'd have you'd have quite a lot of space. But then again, um, you will get those same people that come to you. Um, like for instance, I I, I had a customer. Who wanted something just for his house? Mm-hmm. He wanted something for his house, and then he'll come to you and go, "Oh, actually, I've had another idea about, uh, you know, having one in this room for this purpose." So you will get people like that from time to time. Um, I wouldn't say collectors as such—you know, people that just collect Becky Smith work. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's usually one-offs. One-offs that I that I do. So
0: and um, Becky. Sorry, I interrupted you. You're going to say something. No, no, no. Please. Uh, where do you find your customers? Uh, do you go to shows, the galleries?
1: I I have to be honest with you, Kip. Okay, I spent a long, long time um, hiding my work away. Um, it was one of those things. I I think we're all the same as artists. It's it's like you have these weird little or so you think you do, and you just think nobody else is going to appreciate this. This is just going to be for me. Um, but at the same time you're thinking I need I want to make money of it. And we're all sitting there waiting for you know someone to go, hello, can I buy one of your work? And of course it does doesn't happen like that. And it's only really been in the last couple of years where I've said, okay, I have to get myself out there. Um, and that's what I do now. I'm, I'm doing um, Eluxcom down in, I think it's in Philadelphia, isn't it, in, um, in October, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm very, very nervous about. But, you know, there's so many wonderful uh, sculptors that I admire greatly and uh, I can't wait to, to, to sort of meet them all. Um, and just this is the best thing that I can say. You have to get out there. Um, I joined LinkedIn first, I think, LinkedIn. And I have got a fair bit of work from LinkedIn. Um, this is where, like, the illustrators will come to me, oh. um, pe- people that write books. So uh, I think you just have to take every opportunity to, to get your work out there. And it's taken me a long time to realize that mm-hmm. because there's a lot of competition. This is a problem, you know, it, it's – there's There's a lot of fantastic sculptors as well, very very good sculptors. So you kind of have to sell what you have. Mm. And if you're just sat there in your bedroom, you know, making these things, nobody's going to see them. So that was how I did it. It was just, um, you know, and I'm still, I'm still not, you know, I'm not generating uh, as much as I would like to. So I am still in the process of just biting the bullet and Mm saying okay i have to do this show i have to do this and you do you really have to just immerse yourself in it and from that i've started to to see a payback Mm -hmm. from it um i think as well you know we we do tend to think that as i say nobody's going to like what we do but if you like it if you see something there someone else will. Someone else will see it. And that's all it takes. It takes a few people to see what you do
0: and they're going to love it as much as you do. So, awesome. you know, you know, absolutely. you mentioned that there are many sculptors, but the way I see is that we each have a different voice and a way to express that. So sure. even though there are many what you create is very unique, right? And whoever else is beside you on the show also has its own voice. So it is a competition in the sense there are many offers out there, but I think when the person is looking into buying, whatever talks to her on an emotional level wins and not the other factors. Completely,
1: completely. I think I probably worded that wrong because I don't mean uh, in competition with your work. um, Mm -hmm. What I what I mean is that if somebody is looking to buy a, a sculpture or something like that, there are so many others out there. They're not gonna come knocking on your door. Mm-hmm. You have to go and find them because there are so many people out there who are creating yes. wonderful things. Yes. Um, but you're absolutely right. Every single person is is different and You know, if you join the sculpting forums, you know, that we're joined to you you see it there. Every single person has incredible, incredible and I think, you know, we often feel intimidated sharing our work Mm -hmm. but you have to do it you have to get it out there and you know people will see things in your work just as much as they will other people's even if you think they're better which we all do you know i i I don't know about you but i'm i'm always intimidated when i when i go onto these forums (laughs) and i'm like
0: i I, I always keep thinking there's so many talented people out there
1: yeah, but you know, you know who is thinking that about you? This mm-hmm. is what I think This is what we have to remember. Who's yes. thinking that about you? About you? So, just you have to kind of, um, you know, swallow that fear and just
0: just go for it. Go just for do it. it. Yes. Yeah. See um, what happens. <laughs> I have here Lisa asking. Oh, first of all, Mitzi is saying there is a bit of fraud influence in your work. And Lisa is asking, "What was the name of the book again?" Oh, the book, the book. Okay.
1: If if you're interested, please do get a copy. Um, I'm not. Brian Frau does not put me up to this. I don't know him. I wish you. I wish I did. <laughs> um, it's called Master Snickup's Cloak. It was, um, and it's by uh, Alexander Theroux, and it's illustrated by Brian Froud. Wow. Um, I know you can get it on Amazon, but if you want some inspiration um, or just to admire the beautiful artwork, get the book. Because <laughs> this, is, this is so well-loved, this book. Um, and I'm
0: Mitzi, sure everybody's. Yes, you should, because it is a source of inspiration. Mitzi is saying, I think a few people in Denver would love your work. You might check out the conventions there.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. If any, if anybody has, uh, you know, I, I am all for the conventions now. I, As I say, I've, I've not done them before, um, but they just seem, you know, not only a way to sort of get your work out there, but just to kind of connect with people. The, the encouragement, um, you know, I, I have to admit that, since joining, joining these forums, joining, joining these groups. This is what's really made me go, do you know what, I just have to get out there and, and do it. It's so much encouragement. Everybody understands the process you're going through. Because, mm-hmm. um, let's face it, you know, being a sculptor can be a lonely life at times. Yes. So you don't <laughs> <use> to go.
0: <laughs> yes. So you, you're going into, into conventions. Have you checked the art doll uh, shows out there? As well or not?
1: I haven't, I haven't yet. This is something else I'm looking into because, um, you know, I have to admit, I, I was not aware of just this huge world mm. that, that is out there. Uh, I, I had somebody else say to me that I should start looking at, um, you know, puppet puppet shows. Yes. Um, I, you know, in, in, in Europe, obviously, um, you know, uh, Puppetry is a, is a really still a big thing, still a big thing. It's obviously diminished a lot over the years, but there's a lot of tradition with, with puppets. And I often get asked, you know, would you would you make them into you know puppets that you can move and um, you know and again, you know, this is something that's, that's very very interesting. So yeah, I know there's a there's a big world out there to um, actually explore. So I'm I'm very excited. I'm very excited to. So yes. Yes, okay. I will be looking you know, into
0: that. I think I don't like labels, and unfortunately, we always try to put ourselves inside the label, so we are either an art doll artist or or this or that, and that gets in the way sometimes. Other than you know, you create, but you call yourself a model maker. Why? I call myself uh, a
1: model maker because again, it was trying to find uh, that area that you know, you kind of slot into when somebody says to you, What do you do for a living? If you say I'm a sculptor, it conjures up, you know, uh, uh Giacometti, it conjures up all of these these kind of things like fine art sculpture. It's immediately what we think about. Um and then you you have to go, no, 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 that's that's not what I do. You know, it's it's this, it's these funny little characters. Uh, and they go, oh, you're you're a doll maker, and I'm like, well, not exactly, been, not exactly. Mm-hmm. So so for me, it was, um, I guess it was because of the animation thing. I I studied animation when I was young, mm-hmm. uh, stop motion, stop motion animation, and that's where it came from, the model maker, because. I have to admit, when I was studying animation, I decided I didn't like animation. I didn't want to be an animator. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make the puppets. So that's where the model maker came in. Um, and when you say to people, I'm a model maker, it kind of conjures up this a bit more. But you are absolutely right. It's There isn't a box that yes. you can fit. Uh-huh. You know, I... I there are people out there that, you know, they're classed as a doll artist and people that don't understand that, they were. Like, oh, she makes dolls. Well, no, it's a lot more to it than that. You know, these are intricate, amazing pieces of work. Yes. Um, but it kind of has that connotation, I think, with people that don't, they don't know what it's really about. Mm. They, you know, they've not explored it before, um, you know, and you can show them people's work and they're just like, Completely blown away. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. yeah, I agree it's with
0: you. It, it's it's hard to I find the right way to say what we do because it's exactly like you said. You say, I make art dolls, they don't get what it is. Uh, I'm a sculptor, they don't get what it is. So it's always a, a challenge there. I have here a uh, guest 912 saying, Love your work. You should check the Quillen Show in Philadelphia, May 2 to 4, 9. 2019. So that's, for example, is a art doll show, very popular one. Wonderful, wonderful.
1: I, I think if anybody has say so you know, and the thing is, even if I'm not actually um, there to display work, it's just finding out about oh, all yes. these wonderful shows where you've got all these artists coming together and um, you know, this, this is what keeps keeps the imagination going. It keeps, you know, your mind fertile, mixing with people and seeing what other people do. So yes, anybody has any suggestions of shows? Um, now you all know that I'm in North America. I am not I'm not in Little in, England. In England yeah. That
0: changes everything. <laughs> uh it changes say, everything. How long do you typically take to complete a sculpture? I knew this question was
1: going to come up. And the answer to that, which you all know, is it all varies. It all varies. Um, I've got one that I'm working on at the moment, and he has taken uh, about six months so far to make. Um, But having said that, I've not been working on him full time. So um, it's difficult to kind of put it into hours how, how long, because I have other stuff going on. Then I'll have other ones like um, uh, sort of Ratius or Oliver, which is the jester at the back, and I completed him very quickly, you know, in in a few weeks because Mm. it just kind of happened and I did it. So it really, really does depend uh, on the character. Some can actually take longer um, to, to to produce just because your thought process is is not always there. So you might be struggling. Um, you know, with with really sort of finishing the character because there's something missing. Other times you can just sit there and it just comes completely and, and it's it's done. Um, to be fair, the one that I'm working on that's taken six months, he's he's a big fellow. He's a big fellow. How, <laughs> how big do you them. think it's going to be? He's going to be uh, probably about 60 inches tall. Wow, guy. So wow. He's a big guy. He's, he's, he's a, He's a big fellow, and he's getting to the point where um, I'm struggling to move here. <laughs> so, because, because this is the other thing with the material, I keep everything as hollow as possible. Very, very important, um, because otherwise they can just weigh a tonne. They can weigh a tonne. I mean, they're, all of them you can pick up and move. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something that's very important if you're thinking about making something this size. And you want to actually sell it, you need to be able to move it. So to <laughs> make it where you can't.
0: Yes. You stop to the ground. So, Bree is asking, how long have you been sculpting?
1: Ah, oh, I've been uh, I've been sculpting um, since I was very young, since I was a teenager, and you know I'm. I'm so old now. I can't even remember what it felt like to be a teenager. But um, I've always sculpted. As I said, uh, from the age of 13, I I started to get into um, plasticine. I've got an old plasticine um, head here that I did. This was years ago. Um, And he's, you know, all the plasticine is kind of. So this was the kind of size that I used to. And I I used to make these funny little little people. So I've been sculpting for for a long, long time. -hmm. The the resin side of things, these ones, I've only been sculpting for about sort of three, four years. The larger larger pieces. -hmm. So the larger ones have been a a new thing, a new thing. And this material is a new thing, is a new thing for me as well.
0: -hmm. So
1: yeah. Have you sculpted with
0: polymer clay as well?
1: Uh, not really, no, um, I, polymer clay, I, I know back home we have, is it called FIMO? I've, I've used, you know, little FIMO bits and pieces, the stuff that you bake in the oven. Yes. Um,
0: I've used,
1: yeah, I've used little bits and pieces like, like that before, but, um, I haven't really used too much of that. Um, well, they don't this make a lot of sense,
0: uh, for the size that you sculpt, right? Yeah. It would cost a fortune. It would cost
1: a fortune, mm-hmm. you know, to do that. And can you imagine, you know, trying to cram one of these in the oven to
0: cook. <laughs> yeah. Not sure that's gonna... <laughs> I'm now, not Becky, sure that would work. Uh, talk to us a little bit about price range of your pieces uh, that you think they sell well.
1: Okay, well, the price range, again, is, is a very grey area. It's very, very difficult. The first thing I have to factor in is obviously the cost of the material, especially if it's a big piece, because um, I think this is, I've spoken to other artists as well. I know lots of people kind of let their work go relatively cheap cheaply, especially, especially if you're not very well known uh, like me. You know, I'm, I'm not very well known. So you really have to be careful because you can say, okay, well, I want to make a big profit from this, but the cost of the material is so much that you're just going to, you know, price yourself out, out of the market really. So it's, it's very, very tricky. Um, I have some, some models. If it's a commission piece, that's fantastic because I can say to them, okay, this is the cost of the material it's going to be. First and foremost, then on top of that, I can sort of say, OK, well, this is how much I think this is going to be worth. Mm-hmm. And it, it can all it can always vary. The other thing I will say, and I'm not sure if people agree with this, it really does depend on your customer as well. If you get somebody that, that wants something very, very quick, for instance, that's going to put the price up as well because everything else has to stop. So these are things you really, really do have to factor in. Um, the big piece that I'm working on at the moment, um, he has taken ooh, sort of six gallons of this material wow. to make. Mm. Okay, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, and, you know, to get two gallons, this is it's expensive stuff. It's mm-hmm. expensive stuff. So that's the first thing that I think about. But... It's, it's difficult because you can say, okay, well, I've worked on this for six months. So therefore, it's going to be this much money. You know, you, you think about a normal wage on top of everything else. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know if other artists feel this way, but it's very, very rare that I will make a huge profit from what I do. Because I know that if I was to say, okay, I've got six gallons of, of this material I've used plus the time that I've taken, Um, because the other thing is as well it's the time frame makes it makes a big big difference Um, you know it's not the customer's fault that I've taken that long to produce something Mm so I'm not going to charge them for that that's down to me and so my way of doing it is I will often say to the customer what's your budget First and foremost, you know, you, you can't say to somebody it's going to cost make it and they say, okay, mm-hmm. this is how much you owe me. It doesn't work like that. What's your budget? And then from that, you take out the material first and foremost. Then I would say to myself, okay, can I actually make a profit from what's left of that? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the way you do it. You kind of squeeze everything into their budget. So it's very, very difficult to say, you know, it's it's this much money. Mm-hmm. That's
0: it. Because Yeah, yeah and the, it's, it's the cost of the material is crucial. And meets actually is saying, my brain just melted trying to calculate the cost of that much polymer clay. If you were doing the figure in polymer clay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because um, you know this is this is uh, the stock here, so that that there is one like mm-hmm. gallon. <laughs> the gallon this of the a gallon. epoxy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah.
1: It's a, gallon, it's a gallon of this stuff. And, you know, for that, I would, you know, you, you sort of pay like $150 for it. Mm-hmm. So um, it's difficult because I think some people would, would look at the work and they go, oh, you know, that's, that's going to cost loads of money because of the size of it. But then other people, it's like, well, actually, you know, it's going to be like uh, $1,500 or it's going to be something like that. And they're very, very shocked by it. They're, oh, I thought it was going to be more than that. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I think this is why it's such such a great area. mm -hmm. It's a difficult one. Um, As I say it's much easier if you have a commission because someone will say to you, this is the first thing I always ask, if somebody wants a model I will say to them what's your budget? It's it's the most important thing and then you work within the constraints of of the budget if you think you can feasibly do that. with ones like this, I mean, I've I've had bits of work before that it's, I've made a loss. I've made a loss. You know, mm-hmm. I, I make them, um, you know, and you just think not everything sells. Not everything sells. So what do you do? Do you just sit there and go, no, no, I'm not selling it for anything less than, you know, what I think? Or do I send it out into the world, recoup some of the money back, you know, we live and learn, and um, I think as, as sculptors and model makers and painters and all kinds, we all have to do that. Unless you're, you know, very very well known, which unfortunately uh-huh. most of us, most
0: of us aren't. So, you know, we have well, to make. Maybe this podcast can start changing that. One last question about the costuming of your of your models: Are they the same material, or do you use fabric, textiles?
1: No, no, I, I, um, I sculpt everything. I don't, um, everything is sculpted. I, I, um, I know some fantastic people. They make the most wonderful, intricate clothing. I don't know how they do that because I, um, I love sewing. I love sewing. I make uh, bits and pieces for myself, but I'm rubbish at it. I am (laughs) absolutely awful. So when you see these fantastic, you know, uh, doll artists, um, although we said we don't want to use that term, but um, these wonderful, wonderful things. Uh, and they're beautiful. But personally, I, I sculpt everything. I think it, it, for me, it just that, that's my work. Hmm. Everything is sculpted. So if I need um,
0: books or clothes, I sculpt everything. Okay. Now, I know conventions are in your near future, but what's next for you as a, an artist? Um, well, I
1: think, um, I'm hoping that actually when I'm starting to go to these shows, it might open up some other areas for me to go into. So rather than this kind of, you know, medieval stuff, I'm kind of looking, um, looking at other areas, I think. Uh, I also had a, a interesting conversation with a couple of people that are interested in, um getting together to do some animatronic Mm. work so again this is like the puppet the puppet thing and they're very interested in me um sculpting some pieces that they can actually cast and turn into animatronic puppets Uh um which i'm very very excited about and again you know talking talking about the puppets because i think a lot of people look at this work and they go ah You know, um, it would be nice if it moved or you you did something Mm -hmm. like that. So um, this is another area I I really, really want to look at because um, I think, you know, there seems to be this this thing going around that, you know, because of CGI and all this other stuff, uh, Mm -hmm. sculpting is kind of, you know, disappearing. Um, And I think in certain areas, obviously, that's, that's very, very true. But in other areas, I think, you know, it's it's very much prevalent you know it's there if you look for it you can find those areas mm. um so it's just it's just finding them and this is like the learning curve that i think i'm going on at the moment i have people coming to me saying how about trying this or you know would you make this for me so i can you know, make the animatronics um and it's opening up all these all these doors for different for different areas so um I'm very excited. The other thing that I um, I really want to, to do is is kind of uh, get more into um, characters from books, mm. characters from books. And um, I very, very much want to do some um, ballet characters as well. So from The Nutcracker, for instance, you know, mm. the, the King Rat. I'd love to make one of those. I, <laughs> I go, we go to watch The Nutcracker when I go back home to London if, Every year, and um, I just yeah. So yeah. That, there's loads and loads of stuff. But you know, I'm 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 the same as most people out there. But uh, this for me at the moment, it's going to be getting my work into as many shows as possible, and um, th- this is going to be my main focus. That's just that's getting that's my work out there to see.
0: So Becky, if people want to know more about your creations, where should they go?
1: Um, I do have a website that's under construction at the moment, um, which I'm very excited about as well. So I've had lots of lovely new pictures and things do. And I will post a a, a link to that once it's up and running. At the moment, um, my Becky Smith Model Maker page on Facebook is the best place to see my work. Um, if you want to ask any questions or, uh, you know, you, you have any opinions about, about what I do, um, if you like it, if you don't like it, that's the place to go. So come, come and say hello there. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's, that's the place. That's but as soon good. as my website is up and running, I'll post it on that page as well.
0: Fantastic. Any final words for artists, sculptors, art no, artists, model makers, puppeteers out there? Uh, Yes,
1: Uh, keep just keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep practicing and get yourself out there. Don't, you know, don't look at other people's work and think, oh my word, I wish that I was as good as that. Because everybody feels like that. Um, You know, and I'm sure even the best sculptors, you know, that, that we see on that forum all the time that just, you know, they seem on another level, even they feel that way. So don't, if you look at other people's work, be inspired by it and just get your work out there. And like I say, if you see something in your work that you love, you will not be the only one that does. There's going to be other people out there that will feel the same. Um, and building confidence is also going to help your work as well. If you get it out there, your work is going to improve, improve, improve. So keep going. Um, you know, the world—it sounds like a corny thing, but the world definitely needs lots of lots of wonderful characters mm-hmm. and sculptures and things that allow us to 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 live in another world apart from this this sometimes horrid real world that
0: we have. So well very important. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. It was really a delight You're talking welcome. to you. And stay right there. I'm going to end the podcast, but I want to talk to you. And to you guys, okay. thank you so much for being here, asking questions. You make this a lot more fun to make. And don't forget that every week we bring a new artist and show their arts and next. expect that you show up and, you know, give your two cents about thing. It only enriches the conversation. This podcast stays wherever you're watching. So, you know, share, share the work that Becky does. And I'll see you back here next Tuesday. Thank you.